You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the latest Windy City Gridiron Radio. With you, as always, it's Robert Siglinski, host and managing editor of Windy City Gridiron. And we have a big game to talk about. Sunday Night Football, Bears-Packers. It's finally a game week. Eight months of the offseason and over-analysis and the preseason are behind us. We can actually start talking about meaningful football. And this game just got much bigger with events over the last few days of the addition of Khalil Mack. To discuss these developments, I've brought in my good friend Zach Jacobson, uh, reporter and writer for Cheesehead TV. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach A. Jacobson. Zach, how are you? I'm good, Robert. Thanks for having me on again, man. It's, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Like I, like I was saying, uh, I think I, I told you earlier, um, I was impressed how we were able to hold together until we eventually started fighting at the end last time. So hopefully we're a little we, we hold that maturity throughout this time, on this occasion. Well, I wouldn't get your hopes up. I mean, we got we got a game in a few days. So if anything, the uh, the aggression is going to be dialed up a little bit. So it'd be a miracle if we both make it through this call alive. Yeah, yeah. I was I, I, maybe I'm getting my hopes up. Whatever, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, obviously the big news, and I just ad- alluded to it, Khalil Mack is a bear. Ryan Pace and company traded for Ugh. all-world pass rusher over the weekend. Um, and it was reported that the Packers were also heavily in on the star pass rusher. From the Packers' perspective, what happened with the deal? Why did they fall out, and, and why did Mack not end up in Green Bay? Well, as far as I know... Uh... It just came down to, I guess, John Gruden and Reggie McKenzie knowing how bad the Bears are and how bad the Bears are going to be and how bad the Bears are destined to be because they're they're the Bears. Um, Zach, you're not starting this podcast. You're not starting this (laughs) podcast. Sorry, I had I had I had to fit a little jab in there. Um, But really, that's really what it is, though, because I mean, it's it's common knowledge. The Bears. You know, everybody knows they're obviously not going to finish with a better record than the Packers, right? I mean, you you can attest to that. Anybody can really attest to that. More than you likely. Know? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is that all-encompassing. So, like, obviously, it's more than likely, yes. Right. So, from John Gruden's perspective, would you want to trade draft picks with a team who is probably going to have picks later in the first round or a team with picks earlier in the first round? You know, higher picks, chances to get more premier players. You know, you're going to go with that team, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, right. like you know, nine times out of ten, unless you're John Gruden, which in this case I'm surprising. I'm I'm like surprised. I'm shocked that he made the correct decision. But, well, he made the correct decision in yes in making picking which team to trade with. Correct, not to trade Mac himself. Correct. That's what I was gonna get to. Trading Mac, that was just. Like that was the bonehead move. Like you got like the face of the Oakland Raiders right here. Like the not Derek Carr, not Amari Cooper. Like Khalil Mack, a top two player at his position. It's him and Von Miller at the top, and he's the face of your defense, the face of your entire team. You negotiate, you get a deal, you get a deal done. You extend him. You don't ship him off to another team, you know. But um, like I said, from the Packers' perspective, it really just came down to those picks. As far as I know, they did offer a package containing two first round picks because. They do have those two first-round picks next year, the one they got from the Saints in, in April's draft and the one they already had in their pocket. So, um, you know, the Packers had the capital for it. It was just a matter of kind of upping the deal there, getting John Gruden to pull the trigger, you know, adding a little more to the deal. But obviously the Packers were going to do that for, for Khalil Mack, which the Bears clearly did. I mean, you sound pretty exasperated about it, Zach. I, I'm I'm exasperated. I'm emotional about it. I mean, I got to see Khalil Mack twice a year. Not me personally, but you know, you're, you, the the team you cover. <laughs> the team you cover has it has to see a, a, like a one man wrecking crew. Like just yeah. So it's it's fine. It's it's fine. It's really cool. It's totally cool. In in, in not so many words, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not that great, but I mean, I, okay, okay. Now <laughs> sour grapes, man. Sour, sour grapes. You wouldn't be saying that if they had. Finish the trigger any if they pull the trigger anyway. Um, are that's, that's that's how every Packer fan is right now. Like for like the past few weeks, they've been like, "Oh yeah, Khalil Mack, let's get him to Green Bay." Now he's with the Bears. It's like, eh, was was he really that worth trading for? I mean, eh. I mean, it would it would have been the same. It would have been the same thing with, with Bears fans. Oh, he's 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 not a superstar. He's not a future Hall of Famer. He plays in Green Bay now. It would have been the same exact thing, Zach. It would have been the same exact. <laughs> But anyway, I'm go. You kind of just alluded to it. Why are they? Why are the Packers okay, even despite not getting him? And how does this alter their launcher perspective? Since they didn't have to give up the two first rounders. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is 34, so going out and getting Mac would have been seen as a hey, let's go maximize the last several years of of, of of our future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Well, I think a lot of the underlying like kind of theme with that of of them being okay not pursuing someone like Mac or, or getting someone like Mac is the faith they have in Mike Pedden as their defensive coordinator because Mike Pedden in in New York in Cleveland he he had a tendency to be able to dial up pressure in a variety of different facets you know whether it's bringing pressure from a cornerback from the slot or or just just the way the way the defensive line played the way they were able to to to, to, to block a certain way and free up a free guy, there is almost always a free rusher at the quarterback in Mike Pettin's defense, almost always, depending on, you know, the look that he gives. So they're putting a lot of faith, I, I'm assuming, in, in what he dials up defensively, like schematically, you know, how he puts players in the, in the best positions to, to succeed. Because right now they have a stout defensive line, and that's – that's also something that's being overlooked. They have Muhammad Wilkerson, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, and Dean Lauer, who who is kind of an underrated performer along, along that defensive line. And that's not even including Montrevious Adams, who uh, a draft pick from last year, I believe in the third round, 
he had a very impressive preseason. And, you know, if he puts it all together, he has a full, he had a full healthy offseason under his belt. Uh, last year he was out for most of it, but this year he kind of put it all together and he looked pretty impressive. So the Packers, they're running pretty deep along that defensive line, kind of like, kind of like they took a page out of the, the Philadelphia Eagles handbook. You know, they, they, they showed it getting to the Super Bowl. They had a, they had a defensive line just cycling guys in and out. It was like it was like endless. It was like a factory of nonstop just bulky pass rushers on that on that line. So, you know, it's starting to look like the Packers are trying to follow that blueprint a little bit. Uh, I am. I will tell you though, I am a little bit worried about what they have on the edge right now. So it kind of makes me wish they did pursue Khalil Mack a little more, um, a little more extensively because you got Clay Matthews and you got Nick Perry. That's fine and dandy. Those are your starters uh, in base. And behind them, you got Reggie Gilbert, who is probably going to be pretty good this year. You know, we'll see. Yeah, isn't that. Reggie Gilbert the new like folk hero for Green Bay? I've K- seen, kind of, yeah, yeah. I've seen he, tweets blow up like he's Reggie White in his prime. I've, I've, I've seen, I've seen, the, I've seen the timeline. <laughs> Reggie White in his prime because they share the same, the same first. Because they, because they share the same name, so naturally they're going to be the same caliber of player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. That's how a Packer fan thinks. Well, and actually. I mean, his name. Okay, his name is Reggie. His last name is Gilbert. And <laughs> his, his number is ninety-three. Okay, that's like reminiscent of Gilbert Brown a little bit. But you, um, what was that? Robert. Yes. Yeah, so, hello. Hello. Sorry. Oh yeah, there you are. You did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, switching gears, Zach, from from your. From your logic that I'm going to choose to see as intense rationalization, um, what can we expect from how the Packers game plan for Mac? I agree with you that, yes, the Bears are probably still a worse team and kind of spoiling it that that I I, I still think the Bears will finish behind the Packers in the the NFC North. But obviously Mac Mm. is someone that's going to – you know, he has the capacity to take over a game by himself as much as a star pass rusher can. How can they slow him down? How, what, what, what's uh, what, what's going to be the deal there? Well, when the Packers played the Raiders in Oakland in 2015, it didn't matter which side Mac rushed off of. You know, David Bakhtiari at left tackle handled him well. Like, he fathered Khalil Mack. And Brian okay, okay, Yeah, uh, okay, okay. Hey, he did. Hey, if you want to go watch the film, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct you to Dusty Everly, his Twitter thread that covered that entire game of Mack rushing, uh, rushing Aaron Rodgers. And then he, he switched to the right tackle, tried rushing off Brian Bulaga. And then Brian Bulaga fathered him. So right. now Khalil Mack has two fathers on the Packers offensive did you line. Just, did, you just, did you just go – well, I, I can point to the all twenty-two. Did you just do that to me? You to, you totally did. It's fine. It's fine. I absolutely, I definitely did. <laughs> Shamelessly, by the way. Um, and the thing is, too. I mean, Khalil Mack. He hasn't played in a while. You know, we know that for right. sure. I think at some point this season, he's going to be extremely dominant. You know, he's going to get to the Khalil Mack that we all know and love. I don't think that's going to be week one. You know, he's gonna he's going to be disruptive. Probably not to the point where he's completely changing the game, like he like he can do, like he's shown he can do. Um, now, if the Packers do feel like he's causing a, he's causing some problems out there, which is definitely possible, then they could easily just kind of bring in Mercedes Lewis, their uh, newest tight end acquisition, former Jacksonville Jaguar, bring him in, have him stock up that that end of the line. And they could just double team Mac, 
that'll just isolate him kind of just all game long or however long you need to do it. Whichever, whichever side Mac rushes off of, just plug in a tight end. It's really all you got to do. Mercedes Lewis is need like I think he's two hundred eighty pounds. So you're essentially adding what is this, uh, was essentially a tackle, which is essentially a second tackle, a slightly smaller tackle, basically. Uh, besides and, and, and he's guy. and he's one of the best blocking tight ends in football, which is I think a huge reason why the Packers went out and grabbed him. Talking to Zach A. Jacobs or Zachary Jacobson, I was reading his Twitter account. Zachary Jacobson of Cheesehead TV, reporter and writer there. Previewing Bears Packers and Sunday Night Football this Sunday. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach A. Jacobson. Follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron. Follow me on Twitter at Robert Siglinski. Let's get to the major offensive questions for the Packers outside of trying to deal with Mac. What would concern you if you were Green Bay against the Bears? I, I mean, I, if, if there is something, because Mac has, can have that kind of reverberating effect everywhere. So if there is something else. How well the wide receivers play? Because the Bears second, the Bears secondary is good. You know, right. that's I'll, I'll I'll be real with you. You know, I've I've spoken highly of the Bears defense for a few years now. Uh, not even just their front seven, which I've been a huge fan of, but um, their secondary is good. I love Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller too. You know, the Packers obviously tried to go after him during the off season. <laughs> Made you guys spend a little change to keep him in town, but. Um, you know how how these wide receivers separate against you know against that secondary because it's not going to be Devonte Adams and Randall Cobb stealing the show the whole time. You know you also got Jimmy Graham though he he's gonna he's gonna win a, a few matchups. He's gonna open things up down the field a little bit because all all Aaron Rodgers has to really do. I mean he showed it in in the second preseason game against the Steelers. You know he just got to just put it up ten feet in the air and Jimmy Graham can go up and get it. This is he's basically a, a six seven slot receiver. You know he's not even really a tight end. So. The Packers have an obvious abundance of weapons there. It's just a matter of how well, you know, outside of Cobb, Adams, and I don't want to say Geronimo Allison because I think he still has a little bit to prove. Aaron Rodgers trusts him, but, you know, he still has a little bit to prove, you know, going into his third season. He's still, he's still an undrafted receiver, you know. He, he's got he's to kind of come into his own a little bit. He's got to be more consistent on offense. And then outside of those three, it's really a bunch of rookies. Equinemius St. Brown, Jamon Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, and how well they, they mesh with Aaron Rodgers and, and form that chemistry. Because practice is one thing. You can, form, you, can, you can practice as much as you want, but it's totally different in the game setting. You know, it, it's just it's, it's going to be something to watch. You know, these, these, these guys got to get on the same page with, with, with Rodgers. So cool. what, better, what better than to do it against the Bears secondary? Who who concerns you the most of that group? Because I remember also, and and I know it's always overblown. I remember also there was a story about Aaron Rodgers getting getting testy with this group because they they weren't on the same page with him. And obviously he's you know he's the sheriff in town, so he's he's going to let his know his thoughts know. Who concerns you the most of that receiving group? Definitely Jamon Moore. Okay. Which which you know I don't like saying because he was my favorite of the three. You know when they drafted all of them. Uh, he's just he's had an abundance of drops throughout the preseason. He hasn't really been able to kind of put it together yet. Um, he did. He did. I think it was against in the third game or the fourth game. It was in the against the Raiders or in the finale. He he had like four catches for sixty two yards. I think he caught like all of his targets. He started kind of kind of flashing a little bit. He showed what he can do. And all these receivers, they have the tools available to them. It's just a matter of kind of 
putting that athleticism that you see on tape and on paper, putting it together on the field, you know, and kind of, kind of intermeshing with Rogers and what he wants you to do. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely more just cause he struggled with drops and he, he, he struggled with drops coming out of college too. So, you know, the Packers knew what they were getting when they drafted him in the fourth round. So, you know, he, he's just got to, it's just a mental thing. It's really all it is. He has no problem creating separation. You know, it's just getting open and finishing the play. That's why these coaches in practice, they yell at these receivers. Like when they're making a catch, they're yelling at, at more specifically from what I read to finish. That's what they scream at these guys finish. And that's just what he's got to focus on. As far as the bears defense against the Packers, Again, aside from Mac, who concerns you if you're Green Bay? So, like, not so n- not someone going against the Bears defense, but someone on the Bears defense specifically that could potentially ruin things outside of fifty-two. Leonard Floyd's playing, right? Yes, with a with a with a club. So he's 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 oh, going club. Yeah, he's going he's going uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, but he still has his fingers essentially. <laughs> well, then, uh, okay, he scratch him off my list. <laughs> outside of him well he'll probably still be disruptive actually even with the club but oh, well because the, the the idea is that now khalil max is going to take a lot of the attention he would have received if it was just going to be him with the club and no other edge rusher then i mean I, I think you could safely you could safely scratch him off your list now i i i anticipate something i don't know i mean he's no nick perry isn't nick perry a defensive end like a th- like a three four defensive end? No, he's a uh, outside linebacker. He stands up. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. Yeah, so I mean, he played with a club I think last year and the year before. So he's like the he's like the legend of the club. The the legend, uh, the legend of the club. You know how James Jones always wore his hoodie. Mm-hmm. Nick Perry, that's it's like the equivalent. You know him and his him and his club. I I enjoy your hyperbole. I I definitely missed this. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> thank you. This is this is this is why you have me on here for. This is why I joined the podcast so I can I can just compare things. So you know, so no mindlessly. one no one else worries you on the Bears defense. Okay, Thanks. fine. Maybe maybe Akeem Hicks. Okay, just just okay. because he seems motivated. But I mean, last year in, in in the meeting Thursday night at Lambeau, he was just talking all that smack. Nobody apparently impressed him along the Packers' offensive line, even though they they owned him all game long. And now but, here he is again. A year later, he's talking smack again. But okay, well, if 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 you're if, if you were playing for your team and they had just traded for a star pass rusher, you'd also feel confident again. So so, I mean, what's he supposed to say, Zach? What's he like? Is he well, just supposed to say, "Oh, hey, I they're think, they're great"? Just shut your damn mouth. I yeah, mean, that's true. That's true. You know, he doesn't have to say anything either. That's true. I mean, yeah, again, it's the whole rivalry thing. I mean, not don't get me wrong. Like, I hundred percent support it. Like, I'm totally behind it. I love the smack talk. I love seeing it. it gets you hyped and you know a Packers Bears game is coming. This is how it should be, you know, but I mean Jesus, dude, like didn't you learn last year? Yeah. Come on. But major defensive questions for the Packers. What concerns you with Green Bay? So this is this is the season perspective. This is something that, you know, obviously in the week one matchup and overall, like you mentioned the receivers for offense. What's what what's that question on defense? Or yeah, defense. Yeah, that's 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 what we're discussing. Yes, yes, yes. getting back on track. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people would choose the the edge rushers, 
you know, the guys, the guys on the outside, because just because they're so thin there and, and your fourth outside linebacker is Kyler Fackrell, which that's it, any Packer fans listening to that, they're probably cringing right now. But um, outside of that, probably the safeties, just because you don't know what you're going to get from Kentrell Bryce. Like, you know, he's he, he's a great dude. I, I had I had the, the, the opportunity to interview him over the offseason and write a piece on him. And he was he was. Just uh, he, he was a total thrill, total nice dude. He seems totally committed to what he's trying to do, and he knows what his goals are, you know, and he knows what, what his job is in the Packers' defense. And, you know, I think he could have a big year. He wasn't able to stay healthy last year. He ended the year on IR about halfway into the season. And he was having a good year before that. So I'm hoping he can kind of keep that going in a new defense. And outside of him starting at strong safety, you have uh, Clinton Dix, who he obviously needs a, a whole – kind of career rejuvenation with Mike Pettin because last couple of years, probably uh, last maybe 20 or so games, like since late 2016, he hasn't been the same guy he was during the first two years of his career. You know, he, that, I don't know if that's just a sign of how he's played, how he's changed his style or like schematic purposes. Cause Dom Capers had him playing like 20 yards back in the defense. Like he was playing on another goddamn continent. For some reason, like before the snap of the ball, Jabril Pepper style, total Jabril Pepper style, like 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 that's that's some Cleveland Brown stuff, you know. And the Packers <laughs> aren't the the Packers aren't the Browns, so it was a little mind boggling. Um, I'm hoping you know this year he kind of you know, he, he kind of jumps back a little bit, kind of proves some people wrong. That's going to be huge, you know, silencing those critics. And then you have second year safety Josh Jones who he, he's a strong safety, but he's probably going to play in the box more where he's best suited. That's where he played as a rookie last year, and he he excelled. Like, playing in the teeth of the defense, he's, he's, he's a hybrid linebacker, you know, and he, he plays in the teeth of the defense. He gets dirty. He makes tackles. That's another dude in run support that you can count on. You know, so I don't know if you want him playing, starting at strong safety on the back end and, and being trusted with all those responsibilities just yet. You know, I don't think you want to overload him with all that right now, uh, especially, you know, being so young in his career. But, you know, then you have uh, my guy, Raven Green. Well, they also have uh, Jermaine Whitehead. He's, he's another safety on the roster, but he's probably going to be mostly secluded to special teams. Uh, same thing could be said for Raven Green, who he was my surprise undrafted free agent. That's that an awesome name. Sorry. Hold on. That's an awesome name. Continue. It, it, it is, isn't it? Raven freaking Green. His name's Raven. I, I, I like now. Now I'm just imagining him. Like I'm just like I'm just thinking of like Teen Titans or something. Like with, with Raven, I, like <laughs> gonna turn like turn into a Raven on the field. Or yeah, something? literally turning into a Raven and then like taking the ball out of t- t- taking the ball out of like Mitch Trubisky's hands or something. Right as he's about to pass, just like flying over. Like I'm just getting that. I'm just getting that vision. <laughs> See, I bring comparisons. You bring the the uh, the imagery. <laughs> I bring the imagery. I bring the obscure references from two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah, I bring those obscure references. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's, that's what I'm here for, dude. I'm, I'm I'm here to compliment your hyperbole. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, well, anyways, he uh, the Raven. He can play. You know, not even just on special teams. He can play like on the back end of Green Bay's defense, and he showed that in the preseason. You know, he forced a fumble. Right? He forced or he recovered. He recovered a fumble. Either way, he was involved in the play, but. You know, he, he plays in the teeth as well. You know, he gets he gets up front. You know, he, he he's definitely a hard hitter. You know, and he, he I just really like him. You know, <laughs> when, when they signed him as an undrafted free agent, I went back, I watched my tape on him, and I was like, wow, this guy, this guy could really make the roster. And lo and behold, 
here we are. As far as what worries you about the Bears, and, and I'm going to guess that, and I, I'm going to say this as well. I mean, this is probably the part that's actually going to decide the game, the Bears offense versus the Packers defense. Um, more than likely, uh, whether Mitch Trubisky and company can actually move the ball downfield consistently, we don't know that yet. We don't know what kind of, what they're going to do with Matt Nagy. Um, what would concern you if you're the Packers on the Bears offense? If I was, if I was the Packers facing the Bears offense? Mm-hmm. Probably just. Mm. Is it that unpredictability? Like you don't know. Essentially, that's. I, I I for one can't really say anything if either if I was the Packers because I don't. I don't I don't know. I mean, I, the, on paper this offense looks much improved, but there's not. You know what I mean? There's not. They haven't done anything right. where I can say like, oh hey, like Allen Robinson, his best season was two years ago, for example. Trey Burton's never been a number one tight end. But then again, you know they might like throw this crazy crap out there and it turns into thirty five points somehow. I'm going to say nothing. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I think you're right. I think it's the unpredictability of it. Just because, you know, like you said, Allen Robinson, you know, he hasn't really been healthy in a couple of years. Trey Burton, you know, from the Eagles, he kind of – I mean, I look, I'll be honest. I wanted the Packers to sign him just because he was kind of that under-the-radar signing that would really help your team. And, of course, the Bears signed him. Um Anthony Miller is going to be freaking huge. Like, you guys, the Bears drafted a stud in Anthony Miller. Like, I wanted him to be a Packer so damn bad. And he had to go to Chicago, of all places. And, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky, second-year quarterback. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Playing in an offense engineered by a first-year head coach who we have only seen work in the preseason. So we have no clue what we're going to get from the Bears. Playing on Sunday Night Football in the primetime lights at Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers in his first regular season game back since I'll pretend that Carolina game last year didn't happen since breaking, <laughs> since breaking, breaking his collarbone. Hashtag under the, under the lights hashtag. But yeah. Okay. So it's unpredictability. I mean, I, for me, from my perspective, I could very well see the bears scoring 13 or 14 points. I know bears fans listening to this don't want to hear that. Um, but I, I think it's very likely where they get off to a slow start. The what you have to hope for, and at least in the first game, is where oh hey the Packers don't you know they don't know what to to study from Nagy. There wasn't much from the preseason, and then like I said, just just a barrage of like thirty thirty five points because 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 the Packers didn't know what to work off of. This is how I look at it. Week one, in my opinion, is a fifth preseason game, or in the Bears' case, it's a sixth preseason game this year. Yeah, because they because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just no team in week one is the team they're going to be in week five or week ten. You know, the, things change every single week. You know, and and the Bears just if they if they do lose Sunday night, let's say they get forty pieced. You know, they lose forty to zero, which you know isn't out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know that that doesn't mean their season is doomed. You know, that can apply to any team, even if it happens to the Packers. If, if the Bears 40-piece the Packers at Lambeau Field Sunday night, you know, it doesn't mean the Packers season is doomed. It's really just a, a fifth preseason game to get your sea legs under you, you know, to get the season rolling because you're coming out. These teams are, are freaking rusty, you know. They're coming out. They, they just want to get the season rolling, you know. You're, you're installing all these new looks for the first time in the regular season against starting defenses, barring whether or not you, you 
faced starting defenses during the preseason, which, you know, some teams, they kept star players out, kept them sidelined. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it's really just another preseason game. You know, then in the coming weeks, that's when things start heating up a little bit. Teams kind of get more more into a groove. You know, it's it's yeah. You know, it's whatever happens Sunday night, I wouldn't for the long term picture, it means virtually nothing. So what you're saying is it's gonna define the entire season. Okay, thanks, Zach. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to I'm trying to make you feel better, you know, because I, I know the Bears I don't, are gonna like get I absolutely don't, destroyed. So I'm just... I don't need to feel better. They have Khalil Mack and the Packers don't, so I don't I don't need to feel better. That, they that, have that, Khalil Mack and the Packers don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mocking you like a 12 year old now. Yes, yes, I, I know, I know. It's fine. Uh, it's not fine, but it's fine. Uh, one bold negative prediction about the Packers in this game, Zach. And we'll do positive right after. Oof. One bold negative p- prediction. They don't sack Mitchell Trubisky a single time. Ooh, okay. The pass rush doesn't get home at all. And the Packers realized what a glaring mistake it was to not up the ante for Khalil Mack and get that star edge rusher. Okay, I like that. Struggles. Of course, Struggles. of course, of course you like that. Well, no, I mean, I would have I, I would have I, I expected like, I don't know, I would have expected like this, the, the, the receivers struggling or something or like Jordan Howard, like not, not getting going. I, I but okay, okay. Oh, no, that's not, that's not bold. You gotta be bold, like bold. Mm, mm. One positive bold Packers prediction for the against the Bears. Mm. Devontae Adams has over 150 receiving yards on Kyle Fuller. Is that bold though? I'm pretty sure Adams has normally had Fuller's number though. But he's not. I don't think he's gone over 100. Like in a single game, I think the most he had was ninety five. You're right. You're right. Like you're talking. Okay, you're talking like raw yardage. That's true. That's true. I thought I, I yeah. just I just meant like in terms of playing well in general. But okay. Oh yeah, no, I mean like like on like Kyle fathering Ford, him, like fathering like, him. Like, yeah, he's gonna father him. Like like we know you know David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga, they're they're Khalil Mack's fathers, but now Devontae Adams is gonna be Kyle Fuller's father. You know, hey Zach. <laughs> Zach, is, yes? isn't, isn't Fuller another person the Packers missed out on? And it, this wouldn't have to. This wouldn't be a, a, a oh, little bit. Oh, they didn't. Li- they didn't really. A little bit of bitterness. No, not at all. They didn't really want Fuller. They just wanted to make the Bears spend over fifteen million dollars to keep him in town. So is 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 that the same logic for? Oh, they didn't really want Mac. They just wanted the Bears to spend two first round picks on him. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Same with Allen Robinson. You know, apparently the Packers wanted him too, but you know, you know, they, they told him, "Hey, go sign, go sign with the Bears. Be doomed to to five to seven years of mediocrity. You know, it's fine. Make them spend the money for you. It's it's fine. Go for it." I I I love this podcast. I love this podcast. <laughs> Me too. Talking talking to Zach Jacobson of Cheesehead TV. Follow him on Twitter at Zach A Jacobson. Does great Packers work there. Reporter and staff writer. Follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron. Follow me on Twitter at Robert Zaglinski. Get into the close of this. Overall, Bears not associated. How do you anticipate the Packers 2018 season going, Zach? Give me a record prediction and then just give me like give me a summary. 
and where they finish in the division, obviously. You know what? Well, I actually told uh, Drew um, of the about the, the about the labor podcast the other day. Um, I have the Packers finishing first. Ooh, it's, okay. It's it's nothing extravagant. You know, I'm not saying like oh, they're gonna go 14 and two and win the first seed in the NFC. I think they'll go 11 and five. I'll just I'll give you my whole division predictions. Yeah, yeah since, do that. Since I was, so, I was gonna ask that anyway, but but go. Oh, ahead. perfect. <laughs> I'm reading your mind. That's how that's how connected we are on this podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I had the Packers going 11 and five. Um, and the Vikings also going 11 and five. But that I think it's week 13. The Packers play the Vikings. That week 13 game at US Bank Stadium is going to be the tiebreaker, and the Packers are going to win it. That also means I'm predicting the Vikings to come into Lambeau in week two and win. So you win some, you lose some. Um, and third in the division, I have the Bears. What did I have them? Yeah, I have the Bears actually finishing ahead of the Lions. The Bears are going to go eight and eight, and the Lions finishing fourth at seven and nine. What is the separation there? I, I, I feel like the Lions didn't do a damn thing in the offseason. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just I don't like, dude. Like Robert, when I tell you this, I mean it. Like, w- like with every bit of my heart. I love Matthew Stafford. Okay, Matthew Stafford is like, in my opinion, he's probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks in football right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, to see him waste away his career with the Lions, like Barry Sanders did, like Calvin Johnson did, and probably never win a playoff game, it's depressing. Just because I know he's so freaking talented. You know, and he's going into what I what is uh think year nine, I think he's going into. I believe I believe year nine shit, year ten? I don't know, but you know, he came into the league in two thousand nine, so he's been around for a while. Um so it sucks to see him in this position. I, I don't wanna have him at, as the face of the Detroit Lions finishing as the division doormat in twenty eighteen, but here we are. The Lions are going to be the division doormat. Mm. And the Bears are going to finish ahead of them. That's, that, was, that's, that's that, was, that was the most beautiful Matthew Stafford career eulogy I've ever heard, man. I'm, I'm in tears. Probably one of the only ones, too. Probably the only ones, yeah. <laughs> actual respect, considering the underrated and all that. Yeah, that's true. Um, so... <clears throat> Give me a game prediction. What happened Sunday Night Football? Well, remember last year, the uh, Bears came into Lambeau on Thursday night and lost 35-14? to Mm-hmm. Remember in 2014 when the Bears came into Lambeau on Sunday Night Football and lost 55-14? to I-, I do, yes, yes. You notice how I'm completely glossing over the fact that the Bears came into Lambeau uh, in 2015 for Thursday Night Football on Favre Night and beat the Packers 17 to 13. I also noticed that. Yes. Okay. Good. You're, you're, continue- you're, you're building. Gonna- you're building to something here. You're building. Am I? I I, don't, I honestly don't know. I well, but I, I was- I'm trying. I'm trying to be like impartial a little bit. I just had to throw in that that that. The fact that we lost, too. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, just completely drag you through the dirt. I mean, come on. I'm a nice guy. Well, um, that's, that's not sometimes. true, but sometimes. Okay, go go okay, on. Sometimes, go on. yeah. Like 30% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think the Packers win 35-13. to 13. That's going to be the final score. Aaron Rodgers comes back, throws three touchdowns. Defense gets a pick six, and Tom Montgomery has a rushing touchdown. Even though he's not the starting running back, Jamal Williams is the starting running back, but I think there's going to be it's going to be a third down play at the goal line. Everyone's going to think, oh my gosh, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw it, get his fourth touchdown of the game, and then nope, halfback draw, Tom Montgomery, he's in the end zone. So you heard it here first. 35-13. What? Didn't you just say you're trying to be impartial? That doesn't sound like an impartial score. Oh, what do you want? What do you want me to say? Packers win a nail biter over the the. I don't. I would have said like thirty-five to twenty-one or like thirty-five to twenty-four or something. You know, within a ten, nine to ten-point margin. No, I'll give you. I, I mean, I, I mean, it's your score prediction. I, I ultimately don't care. I was just you. You said impartial before, and I'm like, hmm. Oh, that was in that moment. I was being impartial. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I, I gave you a twenty-two point margin. What do you What do you want from me? What else can I possibly do here, Robert? <laughs> I, I I apologize. I apologize, Zach. I apologize. It's I fine. will I will say because I I made this in my picks: Packers twenty four, seven Bears seventeen. I I don't think the Bears' offense is ready for big the big time yet. I think Aaron Rodgers is still too much for. Like like you mentioned earlier, Khalil Mack is probably going to be on a pitch counter. He's probably not going to be at full capacity, full his his fully dominant self, and that's going to be enough for Rodgers to be typical Rodgers, where he probably throws three scores and enough of a balanced attack to pull it out in the end. So twenty four seventeen Packers. That's very that's very fair of you, Robert. More than, more than likely, it's going to be a score similar to that. I'm just. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, who's the more mature one, Zach? Who's the more mature one here? <laughs> Me, obviously. <laughs> what did you think it was? You? No, I was, I was, I was, I was also referring to you, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you. Um, Very nice of you. I wanted to finish up with non Bears Packers talk, Zach. I, I told you this before, so let's go on down. <clears throat> With who you think, and I'll I'll tell you mine, and you tell me yours. We'll just go through some rapid fire, quick descriptions. Um, the NFL awards this year. So who's going to capture the MVP? Who's going to be Defensive Player of the Year? All of that. So who will lead? Will finish with MVP? So who's going to win Coach of the Year? Coach of the Year. It's going to be Mike Zimmer. It should be despite Mike despite not winning the division. Correct. Explain. That's that's what that's what I would do. That's that's who I would pick. I don't you know I don't think he actually would win, but I mean, the guy freaking deserves it. He lost a damn eye last year. I, I mean, well, he didn't lose an eye, but you know, he, he lost like vision. And who ended up winning it? Oh, Sean McVay. Yeah, yeah I've seen it right now. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, he lost a freaking eye. How many? How many people within the Vikings organization have died within the last year? That's like, true. And then you—they lost Dalvin Cook for for the entire year last year. It's like every year they face some kind of new adversity to go through, like the Vikings. And I shouldn't be saying this obviously as a freaking division rival, but like I, I I appreciate things like that. I respect another team that can undergo through so much like like torture and just like bad luck and then then they get freaking 38 to 7 destroyed in the nfc championship game 
a, literally two weeks away from being able to play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Like, it doesn't get more Vikings than that. But outside of that, just on a yearly basis, how much adversity the Vikings go through, I think something will happen maybe, and the Vikings will go through even more adversity in 2018, and Mike Zimmer's going to have to pull out even more rabbits out of his hat. And hopefully he finally gets recognized for it, because I think he's one of the best coaches in football right now. And, and it seems like he's completely being robbed of that title. You know, It's always the... The Bill Belichicks and the Mike Tomlins and the Mike McCarthys and, oh, my God, the Pete Carrolls. What about Mike Zimmer? That's what true. About, what about Mike Zimmer, Robert? You're, you're the man that's, like, you're fighting for Matthew Stafford or fighting. Like, you are, you are impartial. Just everything not with the Bears. You haven't, you haven't done anything with there. That's, well, that's, I, I will not. Yeah, how, you know, it's like, I can't do that. It's Bears week. You know, I can't say anything nice about the Bears in Bears week. You know, after this week, they'll all say good things. <laughs> you, you, okay, do you know my pick for Coach of the Year, Mike Vrabel? I don't know. Mike I mean, Vrabel? Wait a minute. Where's yeah. he coaching now again? Tennessee. Titans. All right. Wow. I, from, from, I don't from, know. from linebacker to coach. I, I, I know there's a lot of risk there, and I know, like, Mariota might not pan out. Maybe, like, he's not the guy. But I, I like I, I like Matt I like Matt LaFleur as an offensive coordinator. I like the talent they have offensively. I, I think that Titans team's going to be good as hell. I think they're going to be the second seed in the AFC. Uh, and and, and, and uh, maybe, maybe that's a hot take, but I, I, I just really like what they've assembled. Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry has a nice one-two punch in the backfield. Um, an offense that's going to maximize Mariota more. That defense has some good corners with Malcolm Butler in the fold. Um I, I think I, I think they're going to be very good, and, and Vrabel maybe maybe he's not like at the caliber of someone like Zimmer or McVeigh in the NFC, but he's obviously going to get the credit for it because that's a, that's a team that's you know it's going to be eleven and five and twelve and four, and they're they're going to be right there. They're going to be a contender. Yeah, if they definitely finish with a record that good, then he'll he'll absolutely be recognized for it. He'll start like he'll start making some noise, you know. Then he'll be he'll start getting recognized for sure. Yeah, those the, the, people will start to rem, to know him for more than just. Being a, a linebacker that caught touchdowns in some Super Bowls oh, like years ago. Wow! And then they're going to come right back to this freaking podcast, and they're going to they're going to remember exactly they're exactly gonna rem- what you said. They're going to remember my bold prediction and give me credit for it. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> comeback player of the year, Zach. So you're going to have to remember guys that were injured last year. If you do, oh, that shouldn't be hard. Uh, okay, well, is he? Gonna, I don't think he's going to be. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he'll be eligible. He missed like six games. That's true. But he come. He came back early in that Panthers game. You're, you're neglecting. Oh no, no, no! I wasn't thinking about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, oh. like that like that shouldn't that shouldn't be hard. Just freaking like half half the league stars were injured. Oh, that's true. That's true too. Okay, so so who who you got? Deshaun Watson. Hmm. All right. He's eligible, right? I believe so. He only played seven games. Yeah, okay, hopefully. That's my pick. David Johnson for me. If you remember, he missed... Oh, my God, I should have picked David Johnson. He missed most of the the season, dude. He's he's probably going to have, like, 2,500 scrimmage yards. Like, that's such an easy pick. That's the best running back in football. Yeah, I I probably... Yeah, in in my opinion, and probably yours, too. I I I, think it's him, Le'Veon Bell, and 
either Ezekiel Elliott or Todd Gurley. I think what separates between him and Bell is that he's probably a little bit more physical. He's probably more of a natural runner. Bell's, I think of Bell as like a receiving running back, not a running back receiver, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get you. Uh, <clears throat> defensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a little, uh, I'm going to be a homer here. Which Josh one, Jackson. Jo- Ooh, Josh Jackson over Jair Alexander? Yep. Jackson, he's actually played better than, than uh, Jair this preseason. He's, he's been like the best corner in, pre- in the preseason football. So I think that translates into the regular season. He's just got to get on the field because right now their they're starting corners are Kevin King, Shaman Williams, and uh, uh, Jair Alexander in the slot. I like it. I like it a lot. I like uh, it a lot. I, I, I like it a lot. Uh, defensive rookie of the year for me, Derwin James. Man, I think the Chargers are going to be. Ah. I think I think the Chargers going to be stacked there. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bose are going to create a lot of opportunities for him in the back end. He's going to he's going to be monster. He, Derwin My, James is going to be so damn good. I actually wanted him over Roquan Smith, but I mean, obviously, that's I'm not the draft evaluator, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wanted him at at 14 overall. And yeah. then the Packers traded their pick to 27. And then they traded back to 18. And Derwin James was still on the board. And then they didn't use those two picks to trade for Khalil Mack. <sighs> Off- offensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. Wow. You know what? I probably shouldn't do this, but you know, it, it, I think it's I think it's a little against protocol. But even though it's Bears Week, I'm gonna say Anthony Miller, traitor, and I'm spelling that with a D. <laughs> Actually, I can't be a traitor because we didn't trade our two first round picks for Khalil Mack. <laughs> Anthony Miller. Okay, I like it. Um, I is he is he gonna even play extensively in your offense? Like, is he is he considered a starter? He's the number. Oh well, oh well, then there you go. That's my freaking rookie of the year right there. I see. The that's, that, that actually might be a good pick too, because I, I, I get the sense that Allen Robinson might be eased in the first few weeks. Um, I also, you know what I mean. So I, yeah, I feel, yeah. I, I feel like Miller is probably going to get the majority of the targets. It's like the number one guy on the outside. That's that's not a bad pick. Um, I'm going to go with a quarterback, and I think Sam Darnold. Man, I think I know. It's, I know. It, I, I know. It's ta- taboo to pick a USC quarterback, but. I, I when I think of Darnold, I think of Carson Palmer before he blew up his knee the first time against the Steelers. So I, I think that's offensive. I, I, I think the Jets are going to be better than people think. You did. Uh, you didn't need to mention that taboo because I think now you jinxed it. Nobody. What was, what was what was Carson was Carson Palmer the last USC quarterback to like be successful? I mean, like I don't know if you consider Mark Sanchez. I mean, he went to like the two straight NFC Championship games and then just fell off after that. I I mean I I I consider what San the Sanchez had like a two or three year run where he was successful, but I think I would probably say I, I would probably consider Palmer as an actual success. And I think if Palmer doesn't blow out his knee in that playoff game against the Steelers like thirteen years ago, he probably is like you know a borderline Hall of Famer. If we're being honest, he was really good. I think and I think I think I think Darnold is that kind of same level. And I think I, I know watching Darnold when I was watching, I mean. 
when I was watching him just like in evaluations, like he, he reminded me of Palmer, similar kind of arm, similar kind of play. Like I, I really like him. God, man. Yeah, he 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 looked a little, like really good during the preseason. So, but yet again, it's a preseason. You can't judge anything in the preseason because it's the preseason. Yeah, you can't judge any of the preseason. I I'm, I meant like the like like off of college and stuff like that. So I I, I liked him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I like I liked him a lot coming out. That's that's what I'm saying. My boss uh, would my boss would talk to me about him all the time when he was at USC, like because he's a huge USC fan. So all the time I would just hear about Sam Darnold. <laughs> Constantly, Sam Darnold, the quarterback that led us to what a nine and three record. Woo! Are you, a, are you a USC fan? No, 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 no. I, I do, I do like them. I'm not a fan though. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't really have like a college team, but I do like USC. Like, I, 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 I won't necessarily root against them. Okay. See, we're learning about each other here. That's what we do on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a close <laughs> connection. Um, <laughs> defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go with Von Miller. Okay. I think that's a that's a safe pick. That's a very safe pick. Um, and I think I'm gonna go with Khalil Mack, and that's that's a very safe pick. So of course you're gonna go with Khalil Mack. Well, no, okay. Well, see, but if I if I was if I was biased, I would have also said if I, I would have also said Roquan Smith for defensive rookie of the year. I don't think that's. Oh, gonna oh okay, yeah, that's true. So I I I legitimately think Khalil Mack is the best edge defender in football. I thought that before the Bears had him. That's why I wanted the Bears to trade for him so badly. I I think Mac is a better I think I think Miller is a better pass rusher. You know, I I mean it's really it's 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 you know, you you're, you get the best of both you get the best of both worlds. You really can't lose picking either, but I think Mac is closer to Miller as a pass rusher than Miller is to Mac as a run defender, if that makes sense. That's fair. Yeah, I understand that that sentiment. So I, I so I I think Max defensive player of the year. I probably would have picked Mac for defensive player of the year if he was still on the Raiders, honestly, because obviously he would be carrying he would literally be carrying John Gruden on his back as as he as he like threw out superlatives about how all the other players are great. You know what I mean? So. So what you're saying is you're only picking Khalil Mack because he's a bear. Yes. Yes. There's no logic behind it whatsoever. Yes. Okay. All right. Just make sure. Offensive player of the year. Russell Wilson. You think he's going to live through the season? He's lived through the last few years with freaking zero offensive line protection. So, I mean, that guy's just he's, – he's like outside of Aaron Rodgers, there's like nobody who maneuvers the pocket better. Like there's he, nobody who – there's nobody – there's no other offensive player that puts his team on his back outside of Aaron Rodgers as much as Wilson too. Yeah. This, yeah, that is also true. He, like, he runs for his freaking life almost every time he drops back to pass. And he it's doesn't hard. say anything about it. Like he, like it doesn't bother him at all. It's no, but I, I almost sometimes get the sense with Wilson that it's like the, it's like where on the when you see him like get a clean pocket, he almost doesn't know what to do with it. Like he like, sometimes he gets a clean pocket and he's like, oh shit, and then he sails a pass, and you're like, okay, let, let's just get back to letting him get pressure all the time, so he he does some like crazy shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know what to do with this 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 new feeling. This new feeling of of no pressure in my face. I'm, I I feel so comfortable back here. Oh no! <laughs> Off it, or um. Who's your pick? Oh yeah, my my pick, Antonio Brown. That's a safer. That, that that's like that's a year round pick. Yeah, I, that's like year round. There's nothing wrong with picking that at all. I I mean Antonio Brown's probably the best receiver we've seen since Jerry Rice. Man, let's be real, and he's an absolute monster. You. <laughs> 
arguably fine. Arguably, I the, in terms okay, are, okay, in terms yeah. of production, it's you can certainly put him in the conversation. Okay, that works. <laughs> I mean, you can't just gloss over guys like freaking Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. I mean, I, 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 I won't. I won't. That's true. I'm just saying you can put him in the conversation. That's how good he's been to start his career. You can certainly put him in the conversation. Um, finally, let's close this out. MVP. Well, I think you know what I'm going to say here. Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't sound like Mitch Trubisky. You're right, it doesn't, because it isn't. Well, ironically, I'm also going to pick Rodgers. I see that's I'm actually impartial. So now, now my Mac picked oh. because I picked oh. Aaron Rodgers for MVP. Oh, so everything else cancels out now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, th- all right. I, I picked him for the be- I picked him for the biggest award. I picked the Packers quarterback for the biggest award. I think I think the Packers are gonna, are going to have an eleven and five season. I think Rodgers is going to be the catalyst for that, as he al- almost always is. Um, and that should be enough for an MVP. There's not really going to be. An, I don't think there's going to be another like rising quarterback that throws like thirty five touchdowns or anything like Carson Wentz or Jared Goff last year. There's not really going to be anyone else in the conversation. Maybe Tom Brady, but Rodgers is better than Tom Brady, so. This is also 100% true. And I hope anybody listening to this understands that. And if you don't, I will gladly show you the way to the light. <laughs> Zach, I, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you talking Bears Packers and, and, go in, and, and talking the, all, the rest of the league with me. Always a blast, dude. Let's do this again, I believe, in December, right? That's when the Bears and Packers play again? Yeah, December 16th or something. Yes, I think one of the last couple games of the season. Yeah, let's do this again then, man. I Always always, always a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, man, of course. You know, I'm always appreciative to be, to be given the chance to come on and talk to you, you know? You know, I, I love just hopping on the podcast and talking, you know? It's a good time. Zach. And of course, making fun of the Bears, too. That's always a good part of it. You're lucky I let you do that. You're lucky I let you do that. <laughs> you, can fo- you can follow Zach on Twitter. At Zach A. Jacobson. He's a reporter and writer for Cheesehead TV. They do great work covering the Packers there. Offer a great perspective on the Bears' rival in Green Bay. Follow him. At Zach A. Jacobson. Follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron. And follow me on Twitter at Robert Zaglinski. It's a game week, everybody. Let's get hyped. I'm I'm totally sure it won't be anticlimactic at all. Sunday Night Football, Bears-Packers, week one. Stay classy until then. My heart skips skipping the beach and not close enough so that space between you and me let's lose it the way you're dancing sway into the music girl that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind girl I lose it Alexa play the country heat playlist okay with Amazon music a voice is all you need get tens of millions of songs download the Amazon music app today. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.
Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.